I know firsthand how exhausting it can be to manage all the tasks in my reselling business, like listing, bookkeeping, and more, but I've found a solution that has given me back my time and allowed me to grow my business, hiring a virtual assistant. And now I want to share that solution with you. That's why I've created an online course called Hiring a Virtual Assistant for Your Reselling Business. With this course, you'll learn everything you need to know to find, train, and manage a virtual assistant like a pro. And because I want to make this course accessible to everyone, I'm offering a special coupon code, Flip the Script, that gives you $10 off at checkout. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your reselling business to the next level. Sign up now at hiringava.com and let's enjoy the freedom and fun of growing our businesses together. Again, you can sign up at hiringava.com. Welcome to the Flip the Script podcast. I'm your host, Denali, and I'm a full-time reseller on eBay and Poshmark. My store and closet name is Elducho, E-L-D-U-C-H-O. And you can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube as Elducho Thrift. I'm very excited about this week's guest. I had the opportunity to interview a new friend of mine, and her name is Julie. You can find Julie on Instagram as Duchess and Diamonds, and all of her information will be in the show notes of this episode for you. Julie's journey into full-time reselling has been a long one. She's been an entrepreneur for many years now, but she now finally feels like it's on her own time and her own terms. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Julie. Thanks for being on the podcast with me today. The honor is all mine. I, I'm so excited to have you here. Julie and I actually met at a reselling event last fall, and I didn't know anyone there. And I don't know if you knew anyone there, Julie, but thank goodness you came up to nope. me. And <laughs> thank goodness you came up to me and we started chatting and we have been friends ever since. And you have such a good story. So I'm so happy that you have allowed me to interview you here on the podcast today. I think you have a lot to share about your journey and I don't want to spoil it. So I guess <laughs> we'll just uh, jump right in. And my first question for you is how and when did you first start reselling? Oh man, I started reselling back in 2009, I believe it was. I, I've, I mean, very little and it wasn't full time, but I, that was my very first time, you know, setting up my eBay account. I wasn't on Poshmark. I don't even know if it was out then, but um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was just trying to sell a lot of things because I had just been in a car accident and I had a lot of stuff to get rid of. I, I, because I was in my car accident, I was in a halo and broke my neck. So I wasn't able to drive. So I needed a car. So <laughs> I was like, I need to sell as much stuff as I can to try and make money for, to get a car. I couldn't have a job at the time. So that's kind of what started it. And my mom was always joking about how I could sell anything, like anything I listed sold almost immediately. And I wish I would have started full-time reselling then. I didn't even think that it was a career. I had no idea how people did it. You know, I did it just, it was very short-lived. I ended up getting my car and I moved on and got a job. But then 
I, I started a social media company in 2012, and that ended up being pretty successful. My husband ended up coming off of work and helping me full time. And it was amazing. My best friend was helping me as well. We had 30 clients at one time and it got to the point where I was working morning until night every single day. So not only did it take my life away from me, but my clients were also late paying us each month. So we were constantly chasing each paycheck. And because I was in marketing, I followed Gary Vaynerchuk and one day I saw him post a YouTube video that was, I think it was called trash talk or something like that. And it was him going to garage sales to flip pieces that he found on eBay. And I was like, that would be a fun thing to do on the weekend with my then 13 year old son and, you know, trying to find fun ways to spend time with him. And I, also needed extra money for when our clients were late paying us. So that was in 2000, summer 2019 is when I really started doing that. I, I immediately fell in love with it. And it just, the treasure hunt was great. I got to have fun with my son, but then that led into going to Goodwill and going onto YouTube and finding out that there was a whole reselling community out there. And, you know, I would watch and get tips. And then I finally was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And so, yeah, that, it officially started in summer of 2019. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a long journey. Long story. We're talking about <laughs> 2009 to 2023. That's 14 years now, if I'm doing my math correctly in my head. So a 14 year <laughs> journey is just taking some notes here at, you know, you mentioned being in the car accident is kind of what started off you selling items online uh, for anybody who doesn't know what a halo is. Cause you know, I didn't know initially what is, what Sorry. is a halo? A halo is a brace that, you know, you, when you break your neck, you can have just a neck brace, but mine was, or like when you injure your neck, you can have a neck brace, but when you break it, you have to have a halo where they put pins on the side of your head and it's a full acrylic vest that you have to wear. If anyone has seen Mean Girls, you've seen it on okay. uh, yeah. Regina George. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there, yeah, I've, you know, always watching that movie, it was amazing. And then actually being in one was not amazing, but sorry. Yeah, that was, that's a halo. <laughs> so Got I was in that for three months and wow. I had a three-year-old son. I needed money. I was like looking on Craigslist, like, okay, well, people, I could be a club promoter and send people to clubs. And you know, <laughs> like, I was desperate for anything. I ended up reselling a lot of the stuff that I just had in my closet, in my garage. I was living with my parents at the time because I had just gone through a divorce. So I had a lot of stuff that I didn't need. And I, you know, I, that's how I, <laughs> that's how I started it. What job were you doing? prior to the accident? Because I'm just trying to think of, you know, sometimes you piece together people's jobs and it's like, okay, I get why you ended up here, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually working at this place called Party Pop and it was a a party planning website where I would sell, it was basically just a sales job. I would sell businesses, little, how can I say this? Uh, <laughs> they would buy advertising spots on the website 
And like if, say if you were a wedding photographer in Los Angeles at that time, there were, they had such a high ranking on Google that they were usually in the one or first or second organic listing on there. So I would, I, everyone wanted to get on this website. So I would sell it to them. And it was nice because um, they would make monthly payments. So for a little while, I would be getting the commission from those payments. But after a while, those sunk because I wasn't at work getting more. And, you know, then I didn't have anything anymore. So I did, I, yeah, I did a lot of sales gigs here and there. Got it. Okay. And so when the accident happened, were you working there and it was just kind of like you couldn't return and, or you weren't going to return to that job? Yeah, no, I, I was working there and it, it just happened on the way home from a wedding on a weekend while I was working there. So I I was in the hospital for about a month, so I wasn't able to return. And then I was back at my parents' house. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So you, the accident happens and now you're thinking, okay, I've got to figure out this way to make money and you start selling everything. Now, I, and I apologize, were you selling it all on eBay? Is that where you were selling? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know uh, some things on Craigslist as well, because Craigslist is pretty hot at the moment. <laughs> I think the higher end things, I think I was selling more on eBay though. Like I had a motorcycle jacket. I was like, I'm never wearing this again. I'm never getting on a motorcycle <laughs> again. So that I remember getting like $200 for and being like, Oh my God, this is going to pay for this bill. And you know, just such relief. And you know, I had so many things like that that I was able to get rid of. So at that time when you were selling all of your things, you know, at any point did the thought come to you of, hey, I can make <laughs> this full time or I, why don't I sell now that I have no more things of my own to sell? Why don't I sell other people's stuff? I did. I actually, there was one time. I was sitting at the DMV trying to see how I could get my license again. And it's a long wait at the DMV. So I had some time to <laughs> sit there and think. And I was like, what if on Craigslist, I got the free items if they're in good condition mm -hmm. and then sold those. But in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, but how will I go and get those things? Because I don't have a car and my mom's right. not going to drive me around. So that's kind of where that thought started and quickly ended. So I okay. did think about it though. I mean, again, Craigslist was so, it was so big at the time, at least in my area, so many people were finding jobs on there and finding just a lot of like cars, everything on there. So yeah, I, I, I did think about the free section and <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I was desperate. The free, the free section was great. You. The free section yeah, was great. Yeah. I got a printer on there one time and an idiot even been left out in the rain too. So, and it still worked. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the, that kind of never came to fruition of going full time at that point, but it was kind of a thought that you had in the back of your mind. So then fast forward a little bit, you said yeah. till 2012 and you started this social media company, you know, how, I wouldn't even 
couldn't even begin to imagine the thought of starting a social media company, what that would look like, what that would mean. I mean, (laughs) like maybe a little bit now I could have that thought, but certainly not in in 2012. I mean, in 2012, that feels still so very new to be doing. So how, how did that come about? Um, it's, I actually, before the sales job, I was babysitting this guy's kids. He, they were great kids. I was really close with the family and he had an opening for a job as a receptionist come up. And I think this was in 2003 or four. So I'm taking you even farther back now. That's okay. <laughs> this was when MySpace was big. Right. So he worked for a promotional company and his main clients were like DreamWorks and just major studios. So he would supply the promotional products for new movies or new albums coming out. And at the time, MySpace was huge. It was like 2004. And I, you know, there used to be a band section. And (laughs) so I, while I was sitting there, just sitting, answering the phones, I was like, what if I contact these bands and see if they need promotional merchandise and I could do it. So I asked him if that was okay. And he said, yeah, no problem. And so I started doing it and I emailed, I remember, I mean, not emailed, I wrote them on MySpace. I, I wrote about 50 people, just a copy and paste thing on MySpace. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got home from work that night, Oh, oh, there were over 30 people that had written back. So I drove back to the office and I started answering all of them. And that's kind of what got me into the social media space, even though it was very different, obviously, than what it was, what it is now. But yeah, MySpace kind of is what got me into the social media space. Well, and that's and then- interesting too. So for those bands that you were reaching out to, so you were offering them just the services of like t-shirts one person got lighters backpacks Mm -hmm. just with their band name on it so I would be the middle person they would send me their artwork I would send it to the screen printer and then I would get a commission from it got it so it was nice because I was making probably god like twelve dollars an hour ten dollars an hour something like Uh that as a receptionist so this was a nice way to make a little bit more on the side. And I really wanted to do what the agents were doing there. I didn't want to just be a, a receptionist. So, okay, wait, it wait, a I, really great atmosphere. So to make sure I understand. So, okay. Initially when you said it, <laughs> I, I thought, okay, I thought you were reaching out to the bands on behalf of the company, but was this like your own little side hustle you were doing? Yeah, no, I was as as part of the company. Okay, so okay, I would send it. them the invoices as the company and everything. But, but did yeah, you make some sort of make... commission on it? I did, yeah. Got it. Okay, I'm wondering, I, that's where I was wondering, where did this extra income come into play? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I had, I was a receptionist and I started doing that as well. And then I was also a babysitter for him and would make almost like $100 a night when I would babysit for him. So it was like, okay, I have, more money coming in. And then that's when I got pregnant. <laughs> so that's when I, I worked with him until literally the day before I went into labor. And then he worked, his office was about, 
in the morning, it was like an hour drive at least with traffic. And once I had my son, I, I was like, I don't want to drive that far as much as I love the job. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose two hours a day from him. I was 21 at the time. So yeah. I was like, I can just find something closer. And then that's when I found that party pop um, gig. But I still did babysit for his kids. <laughs> so, and I could bring <laughs> my son with me. So that worked out. That is, that's a, that's a nice gig. So then in 2012, <laughs> yeah. when you're thinking about starting your own social <clears throat> media company, Okay, so you do have a little bit of experience kind of in that sales aspect, but what you were providing to your clients at that time was a different product, I'm assuming, right? It wasn't t-shirts and lighters. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That with that salesman, oh, do you mean when I was starting social media and starting my own business? Oh, sorry, repeat that question again. (laughs) Do you mean... When I was starting my social media business, what I was yeah. selling to them. Oh, okay. With that, I I was working, you know, doing the sales thing, and I I put a what was it? I I don't know why, but I decided one night that I I wasn't really happy there, so I decided to put my resume on Indeed just to see. If I can, if I could get some sort of social media gig, because Facebook was starting to come about, Instagram was still only, I think, was it for iPhones only or something? I I forget what it was, but Facebook had just started really growing because they stopped doing just the college emails. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is way back and the beginning of social media. Yeah, I saw it growing and I was like, I could help people. I know how to help people. I was doing it for the band thing and I I think I could help them again. So I put an ad on Craigslist in the gig section, just saying, Hey, I'll help you, you know, for any fee. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I, I did it for such a low amount at the beginning, but I got a call from this company called Groovebook who they were a photo book that you upload up to a hundred photos from your phone every, every month. And it sends you a photo book and it was only $2 and 50 cents a month, I believe. Mm -hmm. So it was amazing. So they were like, we need you. Well, okay. First they contacted me and I said, Oh, I'm sorry. They wanted me to work full time. I said, I'm sorry. I have a full-time job, so I can't do it full time. I could do it at night and on the weekends though. And they said that that wasn't what they were looking for. And then the next day I went into work and they let me go. They were letting go of my position. Mm-hmm. So I ran home. I emailed Groovebook back. I was like, hi, so if you still are looking for someone, I'm still available and, or I'm now available. I, they called me back. I had the interview that next Monday and I was hired and it was like, oh my gosh. Okay. This is my first social media client and it was remote too. So it was, it was amazing. So I got to be able to pick up my son from school and be able to you know do this on my own time. So it was awesome. I, they had us reaching out to moms because they were like, moms are the ones that have the most phones or photos in their phones. So they thought that that was the perfect target, which it was. So I started reaching out to mom bloggers and that kind of got me into the influencer space 
And that that also kind of got me. And we ended up specializing in baby and children's products. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how it started. I was, you know, reaching out to moms and then saw the products that they were promoting. And then I'd reach out to them and say, hey, do you guys need help with social media? And since it was so new, sometimes I would have to talk them into it and tell them why they need social media. And it, mm-hmm. was, it was hard at first, but yeah, it's, we, it, it, it did really well there. I mean, again, we, there was one point where we had 30 clients and that was just, that so, was so exhausting. <laughs> when you were hired by group, I guess I'm just trying to understand where, you know, you mentioned that they wanted to bring somebody on full time. So was that as an employee of theirs or was it contract? Cause I'm just starting to piece it together. Was contract. Okay. It was contract. So they were really like your first client. That was the start of your social media business. Yeah. Okay. So do you feel like they really showed you what maybe social media marketing was going to look like? Did that really shape how the rest of your business then built out? I think so. Uh, Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I started working with them before they even had their Facebook or Instagram or any of their pages even made. And so I made those for them and, you know, starting from the ground up and then they were so successful. They were on Shark Tank in 2014. It was a month before my wedding and it was the most chaotic experience of my life. <laughs> uh, it was, I had to do these Twitter parties and I had never done one before, but I figured it out. And, you know, it, it was awesome just to be on that roller coaster with them from the ground up, building their Facebook page before they even launched the app to then now being on Shark Tank, they sold and had the biggest acquisition to, I think it was uh, what is his name? Uh, Mark Cuban and Mr. Wonderful. They went in together. And then later that year, they sold it to Shutterfly. So then oh, I wow. ended up working and doing it for Shutterfly. So it was, it was crazy. <clears throat> that one was really, I, I definitely think that was the one that really helped me grow my career with social media. And it was, it was fun while it lasted. And then it just yeah. got to be way too much. (laughs) Well, I, you know, as a side note, there must be something about Julie because there's, that's not your first Shark Tank business. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I have, I had about five clients that were on Shark Tank and that was definitely my first one. Oh my gosh. It, it is so much fun being in the middle of that and just seeing them some of them didn't get a an offer, but just getting that visibility. Another one was soap socks, and they they were little bath washcloths. You would put they were like little plush stuffed animals, okay. <clears throat> and you would put soap inside of them, and they would set up and become a little washcloth for kids that didn't like bath time. So that one went on, and they they offered to buy the entire business for a very low amount and they declined it and they are doing so well now they partnered with Disney and Paw Patrol and I was lucky to be 
uh, on board with them while during those launches. So it's, I had so much experience just getting in with these little businesses and then just being able to see them grow was awesome. That's, that's really cool. Are you tired of spending hours sharing and sending offers to likers? Introducing Posher VA, the web program that will save you time and increase your sales. With Posher VA, you can automatically share your closet, send offers to likers, and schedule your share times all with just a few clicks. Using code ELDUCHO, you can try Posher VA for two weeks for free, no credit card required. Posher VA is not just another program, it is your program. Say goodbye to manual sharing and hello to even more time in your business. Try Posher VA today using code ELDUCHO, E-L-D-U-C-H-O. So I guess the million dollar question now is, you know, is your social media business still your full-time job? <laughs> uh, no. As of November, our family got kind of, well, okay. So with COVID, we lost a ton of clients. Not, I mean, we actually had one client that was a 4D movie theater at the Grauman's Chinese Theater Theater in Hollywood. And of course, they were the first ones to go because, I mean, it, everything was closing. So that was the first one. And then it was just like a dominoes after that. They all just kept falling because a lot of them, their main platform to sell on was Amazon. And I don't know if you remember, but <laughs> at the beginning, I think for the first six months, maybe, Amazon was only allowing... Oh, I forget what the term that they used, but just necessary products mm-hmm. like they like toilet paper and sanitizer and diapers and in just those type of things. They were not accepting more teethers or soap socks or <laughs> you know things okay. like that. So that really was hard on us, and that um, we lost about half of our clients. Then we were able to get the PPP loan that they were giving out for, during COVID. And that mm-hmm. helped us a lot. But that's when my husband went back into the animation world. So he had been working with me right after our son, our second son was born in, uh, he was born in August, 2015. And he was working on the movie Boss Baby at the time. And he loved it, but he was, he was so exhausted because he was in the editorial department and that you never knew what hour you would get out of work that Mm -hmm. that is always the one the department that stays the latest might have to work on weekends you never know you won't know until Friday night and so he I I was like you know what let's let me go to this trade show it was a baby trade show in Vegas in October Mm -hmm. I was like let me go to this this trade show and I'm going to see if I can get more clients and bring you on full time. And I did. And that was amazing. And, you know, he helped me so much, not only with work, but helping with our son. And it was amazing. But after this all happened during COVID, he ended up going back to the animation world. He did miss it as well. That happened. And he was working on a movie that was based off of Paul McCartney's children's book called high in the clouds 
and mm-hmm. he was working on it up until this last November and they net, it was with Netflix and Netflix ended up canceling the movie. So Oops. not only did we lose his income, but I lost two of my biggest clients, one of which was just on Shark Tank and Barbara told them that they needed an in-person social media mar- manager, but they lived there in Maryland. So that would not have worked. <laughs> so right. we, you know, it, everything kind of has always happened for a reason in my life. So mm-hmm. I took it upon myself to reach out to you. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, talk, I asked, <laughs> I was like, this is, I had bought the course for hiring a VA and I was like, I finally need to actually take this course because I never had time to (laughs) while juggling both. So I finally took the course and I hired a VA at the end of November and she's still working with me and it's now March. So it's amazing. I can't imagine not having her. So And my husband is now taking pictures for me, which has been amazing. It's helped me grow. Each month I'm growing more and more. I'm so grateful that he's willing to take pictures for me because I hate taking (laughs) pictures. So I'm worried for when he's going to find a new job. But right now it's been amazing. He takes the pictures for me. I upload them to drafts on Vendu. And then my VA will, she'll draft the listing and then I will list it the next day. So it's a great system that we have going right now. And I finally am able to fully focus on it. We only have three social media clients left. And my husband, since he was working with me on them before, he takes care of them fully. So I'm not doing anything for my social media business anymore, which is crazy because that was my life. Like it took away so many years with my kids and I'm just so happy to not be doing that anymore because social media never ends. It's all, you know, it's 24 seven. So you could get a tweet at four in the morning that's damaging to your business. And, you know, you wake up to a phone call from, the owner and you have to try and fix it. And, you know, it's even if it's on Thanksgiving, which actually did happen once. So it's, you never know with that. And it's just so nice to just be doing, to be reselling now and being my own boss, which is why I started the social media company in the first place. But I ended up instead having 30 bosses. So it wasn't exactly what I hoped it would be. Yeah, but but a great accomplishment in the same breath to have had that many clients and that For many sure. successful clients is actually pretty incredible and and you know great experience too to kind of get to where you're at today. So you now, you know as your friend, I also know that you've become a full-time reseller like you said when you had that instance uh, last fall, right, where Barbara took that deal with one of your clients and said they needed an in-house social media manager. Well, I'm sure you were really happy for them. It was kind of like, you know, maybe a little bit. Yeah, because I was on board with them when they had 400 Instagram followers and now they have 100,000 and have grown to get a deal with Barbara and, you know, and now I don't get to be on that ride with them. But at the same time, I was 
so over it. So it's just like, I'm, I needed to let go. And that, you know, I, Barbara helped me let go. So. Exactly. <laughs> right. Barbara. Barbara made a deal for both of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at that time, I remember talking with you and you were saying, Hey, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to finally go full time in that journey. So how many, I mean, how many months has it been now that you would consider yourself to be full-time? I would say starting, I mean, November, I was kind of finishing up everything. I wasn't really completely able to focus uh, fully. So I would say December was the first month. So four months now. Got it. So when, you know, in those four months of kind of transitioning from doing this part-time to now as your full-time income, you know, where are you selling currently like what platforms did you pick up new platforms when you started going full-time or were you kind of always you know on the same I, ones? I thought I might <laughs> I I list everything I started on Poshmark I list everything on Poshmark then I figured out the eBay shipping thing a year later so now I list everything on Poshmark eBay and Mercari I'm also on Depop, but I, I'm a little more selective on there. I don't put mm-hmm. every single thing because that's just more trendy over there. I did sign up and got approved to sell on Whatnot when it became popular last summer. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be it. I'm going to do this. And then I immediately got stage fright and never did it. <laughs> so <laughs> I do buy on Whatnot to resell, <laughs> but I have never done a live auction. I... I'm, uh, I'm so camera shy. And, you know, I just, I just started my YouTube channel in January. And even that I'm like, Oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm doing this. But I think live is just a different. It's it's just a different thing. I, I don't know if I could do it. I'm maybe if I had someone with me to start, I I'm just so scared of doing it live. I don't know. Yeah, it is, I think, difficult to go live, you know, whether you're selling or just being live on the internet, there's a little bit more pressure in it because you are, I mean, generally, you know, in most instances, people are interacting with people who are commenting and chatting. And so there's kind of that pressure and you don't get to edit later. Yeah. Everything everything you say is what you said. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. uh, You know, you touched on it a little bit that, you know, you're running your business out of your home and your husband's helping, you know, can you tell me about, you know, what does your workspace look like? Do you have a dedicated spot in your house for your business or is your, or is your house your business? Well, my garage is where my inventory is. I finally bought shelving in there. And so it's much more organized now as of that happened over COVID. So, you know, instead of having all these bins just stacked on top of each other in the garage, I'm like, I need to do this. So half of the garage is mine for reselling. And then the other half is, you know, everything else. But that's where the inventory goes. As far as photographing, that happens in our entryway, because there's just a blank wall right there. It's a pretty big area where you can just, you know, set up the lights and set up the, well, we used to have a mannequin that kind of broke and I haven't bought a new one, but i I found that hanging them on just a nail is so much faster than using a mannequin. So mm-hmm. we've been doing that ever since my husband has started helping me. He's really helped me try and make things go faster. He was production manager 
So I'm trying to get as many tips from him as I can. Uh, <laughs> like, well, how would you um, minimize this? Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. So literally our dining area is right next to our entryway. So that's basically our, where we take pictures. And then as soon as they're done, then I put them away in the bins. Got it. And you mentioned, you know, and I guess this kind of leads me into my next question that you, you mentioned that, you know, your husband's been helping you, but there is kind of this concern about when he goes back, right. You're going to lose this person who's doing your photographing, which is, you know, among the many tasks we have to do in this business, that's a big part of it. And not having to do it is nice. And then having to do it again, you're kind of (laughs) like, Oh, I was really spoiled (laughs) in that. (laughs) Oh yeah. I don't know if you want to elaborate. <laughs> I on do that not take or... him for granted at all. I, yeah, that right is exactly huge. Yeah. So, do you want yeah, to elaborate I, on that at all, or kind of touch yeah. on other challenges you feel like you might be facing in your business? Yeah, definitely. Transitioning into full time has been probably the biggest challenge that I've faced so far, just because not knowing, you know, everything. And before with my reselling business, I, I had a hard time delegating. I had my, uh, my husband and my best friend were helping me, but I did have a few other people that would do other smaller things. And with them, I just always felt like I didn't have the time to fully train them because I was just working morning till night. And I will, this time I really want to make sure that I take the time to build a good team for, you know, like the photographer or whenever I, I'd love to hire a high schooler because that's, you know, into trendy stuff and it knows what to take pictures of and make pictures look good and everything. Um, after once Aaron goes back to work and then Aaron's my husband. Uh, <laughs> and then I, yeah, I think, I think just building it slowly and instead of taking on as many clients as possible, you know, I think now just going slowly. Now I have the virtual assistant set in place. I know what she can do. I'm trying to see if I can give her more tasks or maybe Mm -hmm. hire a second virtual assistant. And, you know, there's that. So that's taken care of right now. My husband is doing great with photography, but, you know, maybe he can help the whoever is next to help me with photography, you know, things like that. It's, just all of the unknown of growing is exciting, but I have a lot of anxiety about it just because I have had experience building a business and at how stressful it was in the past. I want to make sure that this, I'm sure it's still going to be stressful, but <laughs> I just want to make sure I, I, I'm smart about it and I, I grow, you know, or create a good team to bring along with me. <laughs> I was just going to say that's really smart because I think you have the hindsight of building, you know, a, another business that you can look at it kind of objectively like that of taking it slow. Whereas if you've never done it before, you don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know the mistakes I made and I don't want to make them again. So, and I was going to say another challenge that we have is because we were just working at home together after my second son was born, we got rid of his, my husband's car and we didn't need it. It was literally just sitting in our driveway the entire time. And he had a smaller like sedan and I had the SUV. So we would always 
take the SUV everywhere because we had two kids and you know, that's, it fit the stroller. So Mm -hmm. he never used, he didn't use his car for about a year and we finally decided to sell it and the battery was dead. (laughs) So we're like, okay, that's a sign. We don't need an extra insurance or car payment each month. So we sold it, but now we need another car because if he goes, we were lucky enough that my husband, when he got the animation job during COVID, everything was remote and it stayed that way. So he was still home full time and it was amazing. But now a lot of the studios have gone back into the office at least three to four days a week. So we're trying to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> so we will need another car. Yeah, those are really my main challenges at, at the moment with I know in the future, my goal is to get a warehouse. I know I'll probably start off smaller. <laughs> I'm not going to go from my house to a warehouse, but I just offices are so expensive in this area. So that I think is a future challenge that I'll face, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Okay. That was going to be my next question is kind of talking about the future and what you think that held for you. I mean, it, is it something that you want to grow bigger beyond your house? I mean, you know, some people that's what they want to do. And then other people are like, no, I love it. This, like, this is why I wanted it to work for myself is so that I could keep the, you know, my business close to my home and that I didn't have to leave home. Yeah. I, I'm such a dreamer and I, I always think big and just to, to, for me personally, to think about keeping it in my house, I, that's just not in my wheelhouse. I always think big. (laughs) So I, my ultimate goal is to have a warehouse one day and, you know, bringing a team with me and having, you know, virtual assistants helping me, having people in the warehouse as well, helping me with taking pictures of everything. I'd love to learn how to outsource sourcing. I, I've heard of people doing that. I know it's possible. I have never looked into it, but that would obviously save time sourcing. Right mm-hmm. now, I've been either doing the bins or ordering boxes from ThreadUp. So I'm trying to keep my cost of goods as low as possible right now. So, you know, ThreadUp is a good way if you're just having items shipped from home but or shipped to your home. But, you you know, it's always a gamble. So you never know what you're going to get in those. So it's, I'm excited to go back to the bins. I just finished. <laughs> almost finished listing everything for my second huge box from ThreadUp. So I'm going to be going back tomorrow and I can't wait. Yeah, I think just, sorry, I'm rambling, but um, I think that, yeah, definitely the ultimate goal is to have a warehouse. And I feel like there's something that I haven't even thought of yet that's out there. I'm always keeping my mind open. I I just don't know what it could even be yet. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good thing. I think being open-minded to it and kind of thinking big, I'm, you know, similar to you. I'm kind of always thinking bigger and then just figuring out things along the way. But yeah, who knows what that thing will be. I I mean, this is why I have to do follow-up episodes, Julie, because you never know where people are going to be (laughs) in a year, you know, and you look back and you you think, wow, things have changed. So maybe there is a follow-up episode in our future. But I I guess looking back at your long journey of, you know, 14 years since you first started kind of selling all of your personal belongings off on the internet, (laughs) which sounds really funny. (laughs) You know, what advice, 
<laughs> what advice would you have given yourself at any point <clears throat> along this, along this journey, this career path that you feel like would have helped you? I would say stay consistent. That that's hard for a lot of people when they don't see the growth immediately. It was hard for me seeing everybody's social media posts with all of their, you know, thousands of packages that they're shipping out a day. And here I am with four, but you know, I was just starting and I had four. So I should have really thought like, look what you're already doing and just stay consistent and also research comps on everything. I, I, when I first started, I was just going in. I'm like, oh, lucky brand. Okay. That's a good, no, (laughs) I got so many pairs of seven jeans. I had no idea what the dojo ones were to even look for those. I, you know, I just saw things that I thought were going to sell for a lot. And then they sat and sat, and then I barely made any profit on them. So I would Mm -hmm. definitely say to research comps and stay consistent. I think that those just staying consistent, despite even having a hard month or two, it just, it will grow. Try and find ways that you can do things better. Look at your pricing. Is that, you know, the same as everyone else's? Are you pricing too high? You know, look at your pictures. Is Are the pictures, which mine were, they weren't horrible, but I didn't have a light and <laughs> they were laying on a fur blanket and, you know, I was just trying to make them look cute, but they're so dark and, Mm-hmm. You know, just to, I would say, see how you can improve yourself little by little each day and just stay consistent with that and it will work. And, you know, I'm still on my journey to becoming a full-time reseller. It's, you know, just because I'm full-time hourly doesn't <laughs> necessarily mean the funding is there as well. So I would, right. I would just stay consistent. I'm giving myself that. Uh, advice as well. Yeah, I think that is a great piece of advice because it is, right, consistency in anything in our lives when we're starting something new, whether we think of it being a, you know, this a new project, learning a new skill, you know, maybe getting in shape or being healthy. I mean, it's all difficult when you're not seeing immediate progress and even worse now that we have the internet to compare what we're doing against other people that's why it's not good to compare (laughs) but (laughs) exactly yeah you know you really have to stick with things for a while right anybody who's accomplished anything in their life will attest to that that you really have to stick with things for a long period of time to see great results to see the fruits of your labor. And, and if you're not right, then like you said, going back and kind of retooling it and saying like, what am I doing wrong? If, you know, if somebody else over here, if I say in my head, well, they're doing everything right. Well, what are they doing different than you? And that's where you kind of look at it and say, okay, I do see a huge difference in our photos. <laughs> this person yep. has, you know, they do everything completely different than mine. And it's not to say I think that somebody's process is better. I think that the best thing you can do is kind of figure out what they're doing well with it and then kind of cater it to what works for you, right? What version of what yeah. they're doing is going to work for your business? Yeah. I mean, just staying consistent over COVID alone was hard because so many 
thrift stores closed down for a few months and, you know, I honestly listened to your podcast and was getting motivation from other people and including yourself, just like how to pivot in such a hard time. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stick with it. And as soon as they open, I'm going to do it. And I bought a few liquidation pallets. Some were good, some weren't, but not pallets, boxes, boxes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I would buy, I just tried anything I could. And, you know, I got, I got to dip my toes in that and, you, you know, just try things. Don't be afraid, stay consistent and have fun with the treasure hunt. <laughs> right. And decide, you know, what, what you like about reselling and what you don't like about it. And then just start narrowing in on the things that you like and go hard on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Julie. This has been so fun having this oh, conversation. I mean, we usually, we usually talk as friends, but now it's, it's fun to talk <laughs> about your career path because there's, there's new parts of it that I hadn't heard before. And thank you so much for sharing today on the podcast with everyone else. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Well, I will talk with you soon, friend. All right. Bye. (laughs) Thanks again to Julie for being on this week's episode of the podcast. Again, you can find Julie on Instagram and YouTube under the username Duchess and Diamonds. And all of this information will be in the show notes of the episode for you. This week, I'm actually on vacation. I'm currently soaking up the warmth in sunny Palm Springs with my friends and family. We spent a few days in Disneyland beforehand. My voice is hoarse from screaming on the roller coasters with my son. I hope you're having a great week. If your kids are on spring break this week, I hope you're able to have a moment of peace when they're at home with you. And if you're on vacation, I hope you're able to relax and enjoy the company of your family. Until next time, keep on listing and keep on selling.